Support for WIPR's podcasts comes from Brightview Senior Living. Since 1999, Brightview has proudly served Greater Baltimore with vibrant, independent living, assisted living, memory care, and enhanced care. Find a community near you at brightviewseniorliving.com. What the heck? I'll buy a house here. And so uh, I, after not very long, in fact, it was just uh, four months after having started dating Scott, I bought the house that was just four doors away from him on the same block. I was 20 years old and he was 39. And, uh, you know, so we were May, December. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Stoop Storytelling Series podcast. I'm Laura Wexler. And I'm Jessica Hankin. And this week on the podcast, In Sickness and Health, two tales of romance sidelined by sickness in the short term and long. Okay. These stories come from a show that we did at Baltimore Museum of Industry with uh, Baltimore Weddings, a great publication here in town, and Baltimore Museum of Industry as our partners. And this first story is um, it's so great. It's it's sweet. It's funny, and it introduces you to a subculture that's just really delightful. So, take a listen. So I don't think I'm as exciting a speaker as everyone else. So I brought a prop. <laughs> you can just look at that when I get boring. Anyway, uh, so uh, yeah. So our wedding story kind kind of strange. Uh, Seventeen years ago, actually, almost to the day. I met my my now husband, Scott. Uh, not really likely that we would have met at all. I was living in D.C. as I had for about half of my adult life, and he had been here in Baltimore for almost all of his adult life. And it was just for one thing, and that is because we both happen to be enthusiasts of vintage Vespa scooters. Um, it's kind of a small group of hobbyists who are involved with that. Uh, I mean, throughout the entire DMV, I mean, there might be... Three dozen, <laughs> you know, in an area of three million. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I, uh, I, having had just celebrated my fortieth birthday, thought, you know, having my midlife crisis, it might be time for me to get another scooter. Not having had one since I was in college. So, here I am at, you know, 2005. Decided I'm going to get back into scootering again. Well, it was through that we managed to meet a number of folks around the area, and among them was my now husband Scott. We got to know each other rather quickly, uh, and having had, you know, been a little disillusioned with my life in D.C. and learning, coming up to Baltimore more often and more often, I was falling in love with the city, kind of falling in love with him too, uh, and decided, I, what the heck, I'll buy a house here. And so uh, I, after not very long, in fact, it was just uh, four months after having started dating Scott, I bought the house that was just four doors away from him on the same block. <laughs> Um, so basically, it either had to go really well or it was going to be a disaster. So uh, 17 years later, I'm here to say, yeah, it was, it was the former. So we're very happy about that. When we first started, uh, when we first start, started living together, uh, we had, you know, we were working on renovating his house. But yeah, again, so we had two houses. So we were renovating his. We were living in mine. It was a bunch of fun stuff going on all the time. And one evening, he simply said, you know, this is pretty good. We should get married. I said, okay, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> so from that point forward, we decided we were actually going to plan on having a, a fairly long engagement so we could really plan the wedding of our dreams. Both of us are 40-something. 
we don't have to go through the whole rigmarole of like who does the mother-in-law need to invite and you know you don't want to worry about like Uncle Terry the weirdo and you know all of that stuff going on so we decided we would just do it exactly exactly the way we wanted among other things um, we are both of Scottish descent so we thought that it would be great to have a Highland style wedding so all the gents were wearing kilts we had Scottish food we had a bagpiper the whole nine yards as they say and, uh, and we also obviously wanted to pay homage to the way we met each other and our favorite hobby, and so that we would have a scooter parade. And if any of you have, you folks around here may have seen us. We've been in the, you know, we've been in the, the Hamden Mayor's Parade at Christmas time. We've been in the, you know, the, parade, the Italian, uh, the Columbus Day Parade. You know, you see the, see the Italian Vespa scooters, you know, from time to time. But this time it was going to be just for our wedding. Um, it was going to be Scott riding his scooter, me riding my scooter, our scooteristi wedding party following behind us as we left Hamden to go down to our venue at Micah. Uh, we have our ceremony and reception there and then turn right back around and head back to Hamden for our after party. It was going to be a super fun, beautiful afternoon, Memorial Day weekend, and what could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, so... Actually, the, sadly, this was, this was a really gone wrong. And uh, it was in March, uh, 11 weeks before our wedding. I get a call from Scott while I'm at work, and he's on his way to work, and he's panicked. He is telling me he's having symptoms of a stroke, and he can't see. He's pulling his car over to the side of the road. Can I come help him? And I'm thinking to myself, this is insane. You're, you're 40 years old. You're not 80. You're not having a stroke. You, you, you hungover? I don't know. And it would just, none of it made sense. But I said, okay, I'll take you seriously. You sound pretty upset. Left my work, drove back home, and then followed the route that he took to work because he couldn't even tell me what intersection he was at because he really honestly couldn't see. Um, found him, pulled over to the side of the road. And sure enough, um, he seems to be experiencing all of these effects of stroke. And I am absolutely, I, I am untethered. What do I do? Having been only recently moved to here, I honestly didn't even know where the nearest emergency room was. So what I did, I took him to the nearest doctor's office that was on Falls Road, and we just, gratefully, they were open. Uh, we just walked right in, and I said, I think he's having a stroke. And they took him seriously, and they took him back and said, yes, he is. He's actually... He is actually suffering the, the, a stroke right now. They called an ambulance. They got him to uh, Good Samaritan. In case of any wonders, that is the stroke hospital for Baltimore. Okay, uh, um, but sadly, it was it had been the time that it elapsed it had been so long that any of the clotbuster drugs that you were able to kind of stop a stroke in progress, um, that time it has expired. So he suffered the full-on effect of what. What, of, of what was going to be, end up being a permanent uh, visual disability. And it is, there's a good one for you guys, especially if you've had a couple cocktails. <laughs> uh, we learned uh, after he'd been in the hospital for a couple of days that uh, it was homonymous hemianopia, which means that he has a very tiny field of vision in the lower left quadrant of his field of vision and is blind elsewhere. Um, that was going to be permanent. And as we sat there and tried to digest all of this from you, what is he going to do for work? Scott is a software engineer. He reads and writes code all day. If you can't read a screen, what does that mean for your career? Um, 
Think about what does it mean for every single thing in your life when all of a sudden you're blind. And what we also had to think about, too, was our wedding, just 11 weeks away, and he can't drive. He can't be a part of the scooter parade. He can't be a part of this thing that was the reason that we came together in the first place. So as we're sort of beginning to adjust to all of this, our friends and family are all finding out about the stroke and what that meant to us. And we got a call from a friend of ours who is a bit of a mad scientist, a bit of a genius, and said to us, you know, I think I have a way to help you have that scooter parade you wanted after all. And I said, well, okay, I'm listening. And Alex uh, has a bit of an engineering uh, behind him. And what he had done earlier in the year, year before, was he created a kind of sidecar for a scooter that has never been seen before. So most people are used to seeing a sidecar on a motorcycle or a scooter or something. It looks like a little sort of capsule that's the, on the right-hand side of you know, your two-wheeled vehicle. Uh, he decided one day that he would take the uh, black leather love seat from his living room <laughs> and build, a, and build a, an axle and a frame to set that upon so that he could create what is now known as El Caucho. It is, <laughs> it is a gas-powered scooter side, ca- side couch, <laughs> and uh, it, it is an actual piece of living room furniture that you can ride around on. I thought, well, that sounds like an interesting idea. And he said, I would be happy to chauffeur you and Scott. We can take you both on El Caucho, and you'll have your scooter ride after all. And what a tremendous idea. So on our wedding day, I had, we actually kind of, we had planned on leaving Hamden together. Uh, this time, Scott and the best man made their way to our venue at Micah. Uh, I was lucky enough to be able to ride my, my own scooter, uh, wearing my ginormous vintage Kleinfeld gown, which barely tucked in around all of that. <laughs> but, uh, and along with a couple of the groomsmen, we rode down to Micah, had an amazing reception as we saw El Caucho parked proudly out front on the plaza in front of Maine. We had a wonderful ceremony and reception, and as it came time to leave, here comes El Caucho, brought out in front of all of us. We had, our, we had the rest of our, our wedding party was behind, behind us, ready to follow along. And I can tell you one thing. If you've never ridden at 40 miles per hour on a piece of living room furniture, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it, it, I have to say the one thing that this has told me about, every, about everything that has to do with weddings was we have the most amazing friends that in a time of true need there's nothing that creativity can, can't, can't handle and I will also tell you this that if you're a man and you're not used to wearing a skirt and you're riding along at 40 miles an hour <laughs> So <laughs> anyway, I did want to just say, so it's thanks to, thanks to friends and family. And that is the, that's the, the, kind of the moral of the story is that it wouldn't have happened without them. And that is my wedding helmet. Oh. <laughs> 
Uh, Libby Baxter. So yes. and the photos of are, are the photos are online. No, actually right? the the video the video of them being on El Calcho is yeah. on YouTube. So I believe if you just search YouTube for El Calcho or like if you do mod Vespa, you know, kind of thing yeah. weddings, you could find it there. It's um. Oh, she's so sweet and delightful. And, and she owns the Modest Florist, mm-hmm. a store here in Baltimore that's really wonderful also. Yep. Okay, so this next storyteller was an audience storyteller. In um, He came to the same show, um, the wedding show at the Museum of Industry. So I don't know much about him. I can't kind of introduce him in the same way that we can introduce necessarily other storytellers because he just threw his name in and proceeded to tell this beautiful story. Um, there was not a dry eye in the house when he was done. Take a listen to Michael Klena's story. My name is Michael Klena, and this is the story of how I married my spouse twice. Um, my spouse, um, well, I grew up Roman Catholic, and I was heavily dipped into it. And I remember the priest telling us that the, um, you know, the um, sacrament of marriage is done by the participants. It's self-administered. So if you say you're married, you are. And there was a strong warning against it when he was telling us this because I guess he didn't want kids to get too hot and heavy because we were in um, catechism or whatever. But I filed that away in my head. And I knew I wasn't going to get that kind of marriage because I was gay. And uh, I was eighth of nine kids, so by the time I left high school... Uh, four, three of my, yeah, three of my sisters and my brother got married and one of my cousins. And I noticed all the social capital and gifts and party and everything that was thrown for those people. And it was hard not to notice because I was bitter because I wasn't ever going to get any of that being gay. And uh, <laughs> it made me mad. So uh, I met my spouse in 1991 in a popular 12-step recovery group that's right around my house. And uh, <laughs> he lived in Fells Point right back there, just like somebody else uh, had a yeah, so um, uh, we started hanging around, and all through um, 2021, we became really good friends. Uh, and uh, just seeing movies and eating meals and, you know, just whatever people do. And then it seemed like we were becoming a couple, and we told one another everything about one another, like our families, our upbringings, what we like to do for hobbies. Um, we really made friends and uh, became like a couple by the middle of that year. It was ni- or 2021. Or no, not, uh, it was 19... Uh, Oh, gosh, now I'm confused. <laughs> 1991. <laughs> yes, it was 1991. <laughs> I was 20 years old, and he was 39. And, uh, you know, so we were May, December. And we were living like a couple by the middle of that year or the end of that year. And uh, then uh, he got sick, really, really sick, where he needed home health care and intravenous feeding. And that happened in February of uh, 1992. And, uh, you know, among the things that he told me when we were talking and making friends was that he had HIV. And, uh, you know, people who had HIV back then didn't really live very long. So uh, when he was on the mend in February, I was like, um, you know, we're, we'll be married now. I'm going to spend the next 30 or 40 years with you. And um, he didn't believe me. And I said, well, just wait and see. And um, so, you know, because I, well, the, the whole talk about 30 to 40 years was hope. And uh, then he was, like, sick often, uh, but we moved in together later that summer. We moved to Medfield, and um, life went on. And in 1995, he had a giant heart attack and at work, which was a really surprise zinger. But he always had, like, terrible stuff, and he always came back from it, and it was, like, no problem. In fact, he had four more heart attacks after that. And on one of them, 
We were driving to St. Joseph's Hospital, and he was hungry, so he needed uh, to ask me to stop at Roland Park Bakery and Deli to get um, two cheeseburger subs. So we sat in the parking lot of Roland Park Bakery and Deli eating cheeseburger subs on the way to the hospital for his heart attack. But we were very, very accustomed to, like, emergency rooms and hospital stays and hospital visits. And I'm not saying he was sick all the time, but he was sick often. And we were used to it, and it was just our life. And then in 2006, he got, like, one that took him out of his career. It was something called PML, which gave him symptoms of cerebral palsy. And a a neurologist told him that he had six months to live. But um, he pulled it out again, but uh, his... FedEx retired him because he was too expensive to keep on the books. And then he got on my insurance, which I worked for the state of Maryland at the University of Maryland, Baltimore. And um, so he was on my insurance. And then somebody referenced it earlier, but the gay marriage referendum passed. And uh, so I got a letter from my employer saying, you must get married by December 31st of 2013 or lose thousands and thousands of dollars worth of benefits. That's not exactly what the letter said, but it was, um, (laughs) you know, it said uh, lose these benefits or get married. So, um, you know, there was only one choice because we're not rich people and he has terrible health problems. So uh, we did. We got married on September 5th of 2013 and we got married at the courthouse in Baltimore and it was really great because there was like a little office garbage can in there and um, we were under some like really cheap... um, flowers that were on a... Uh, it was just like a really unique experience. And the... Um, the um, oh, yeah, the vows were really generic. They were like, uh, you know, to cherish and to... Uh, in richer and poorer and sickness and health, which we had already been doing that. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> that was in 2013. And then life went on again. And, um, you know, it went on, right? We did all the vows, including until death do us part, which happened in December of 2011, or 2021, this past December. He had um, lung cancer, and he was getting, um, oh, he was getting chemotherapy and radiation, which caused him to have major organ failure. And then it was uh, five days in the emergency room, and then six days in the ICU, and four days in hospice. And I was there, and he died by my side, and I love him very much. And so I married him twice, and if I could marry him a third time, I would do it. Uh, But that's not possible now. So thanks a lot for listening to my story. most favorite it was such a beautiful moment in you know like because with the audience storytellers no one kind of knows what to expect Mm -hmm. people it's it's when we're doing live events at the stoop we coach the main storytellers and then we give three people the chance to just kind of get liquid courage and adrenaline and and tell their own story on the spot and he um came up and and you know it kind of took him a second to kind of get his bearings and get the story started but boy the moment when he talked about how they were so accustomed to the sickness part of their uh, relationship that they 
knew his partner was having a heart attack, but they still stopped to get something to eat because they knew the wait in the emergency room was going to be so yeah. long. Yeah. Is it just it was all you needed to know about their incredible relationship. Um, oh, such a sweet sweet beautiful story so and, thanks and especially when those things come as a surprise at a show it feels like an extra special gift yeah you know? yeah absolutely all right y'all well thanks for listening to in sickness and health with us and we will be back with more stories from the studio